The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, a busy time in Flyers land. They're going to look a lot different over the final stretch here. 20 games left in this 2021-22 season to forget, really. The Flyers will look different because they traded their captain, Claude Giroux. And they also moved Derek Broussard and Justin Braun at the trade deadline. The biggest move, of course, Joe, was Claude Giroux. He was the crown jewel on this NHL trade market. A 15-year flyer. Longest tenured active athlete in the city. Uh, he was very much Philadelphia. And he is now a Florida Panther. Joe, considering the circumstances, I think this, of course, this trade will be debated. But considering the circumstances, what did you feel about the return on the Giroux trade? Did you like it? What were your first impressions? Well, my first impressions was I thought they were going to get more. But um, then we hear, you know, we obviously hear Chuck Fletcher talk about how, I mean, this the ball was completely in in, in Giroux's court here. I mean, he had full control of, of where he was going to go. And, you know, that's um, what that means is you're, you're not always going to get the best offer. It just, it, you know, that's just the way it is. And Fletcher pointed out that he earned that um, – right to have that in his contract. So, um, but you know, they got obviously Owen Tippett, a player who is NHL experienced already. Um, we saw him play his first game the other day. And then you get some, some high end draft capital, of course, not this year for the first round pick, but, um, you know, they get a first round pick. So, I mean, it's, with a situation like they were in, I feel like they got what they could get. They they were pretty much backed into a corner. I mean, there's not really, you know, you're you're when faced with getting nothing, you have to get what is on the table. And what was on the table that all parties were going to agree to is what the Flyers got back from the Florida Panthers. So I think you have to just kind of take that, you know, for what it is, and and, and move forward because it's not. It's not one of these things where you can go back and debate, well, this offer was better or that offer was better because it's not about what offers were better. It's about what offers were uh, acceptable to all parties. So it's a little different than just your run-of-the-mill trade because there were only – well, I mean, it seems like there's only one offer – that could be taken here. I mean, you know, the Florida Panthers know that Giroux controls his own destiny. So, you know, in their in their eyes, they sort of in, are in control of what they're offering. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, 
this is the situation that happens when there's no movement clauses because when you sign contracts with no movement clauses, you're not thinking about disastrous seasons when you have to unload the player that has the no movement clause. You're not thinking about that. So the Flyers weren't thinking about that when they signed Claude Giroux to that. They were thinking about how he was going to be the captain for their future, and he was. But it comes down to the point last year of his deal. Now it's time to move him, and that unfortunately is just not the moment you're thinking about when you give a player a no-movement clause. And that's, you know, so I think they did the best that they could with the situation that was in front of them. Elite players get elite contracts, and elite contracts typically have no move clauses. And if they don't, uh, they they get more money or more years. Uh, so it's one or the other. And Claude Drew, at, at the time of that deal, um, was it was really a star in this league, and he earned a no movement clause. He earned to have that say in his contract. Joe, I was with you, and I initially wrote it. I wrote it on our website that I thought the Flyers needed to seek a King's ransom here with this trade. But I, I comprehending it more, seeing more, uh, hearing more, you understand the circumstances the Flyers were dealt. And the, the circumstances were Claude Drew is 34 years old. He's a rental and he had a no movement clause. So Claude Drew dictated a lot of this and he earned every darn right to do that on top of as good as he is, and he is very good, I, I think he has gotten better in his 30s. Genuinely, he is a really effective player. I don't think he's slowing down. He does everything in terms of playing all situations, win faceoffs, and he's really hungry to win. But he is 34 years old, and he is a player that a team, if, if a team was to acquire him, they're getting him for a month plus, and they're getting him for a playoff run. And then he can hit on restricted free agent. So, free agency. So there, there was things holding the flyers. And of course the biggest was the no move caused by Claude Giroux. He earned the right to kind of drive things and drive his destination. And clearly he really wanted Florida. I think the flyers made the best of it. The fact that they got a first round pick, even though it's in 2024, it's good that they got a first round pick. I thought that was something they really had to get. And I think they really had to get a young player and they got a young player, no and Tippett, who we're not exactly sure who, what kind of player he's going to be. Maybe at best he's a 20 goal scorer. Uh, power forward type, but he has upside. He's a former first-round pick in 2017, 10th overall. So you got a young player, a first-round pick. You also unloaded a couple of contracts and got a third-round pick in 2023. So I think just the Flyers made the best of it. But, uh, Joe, I think you're right, right? I, you know, I think you look at Claude Drew and you see parting ways with Claude Drew. You want this massive return when you think of parting ways with Claude Drew but when you look at the circumstances, you couldn't really be that greedy. No, and, and you know, stuff kind of got leaked out into the media, and then obviously Florida knows the situation they're in. Yeah. So if you're the Florida Panthers, why are you going to – if you could offer a huge pile of something for Claude Giroux, but then you find out that you only have to offer this, why would you still offer the – and I'm not, I'm not saying this is what the Flyers got. You know, they did get – so of a substantial amount, but Florida doesn't really, they're not bidding against anyone. It became clear that that was the, the, the front runner. Yeah. So there's no need for them to step up and keep sweetening the pot when they're the only people or the only team seemingly in the running because stuff got out in the media. 
Um, and I mean, that's just the world we live in right now. Things get leaked out and, yeah. you know, reports trickle out. And uh, there's so many different outlets where you can find the, this information. Um, and, you know, back to your point about the no movement clause. And and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like pessimistic or anything like this. But if you think about it in terms of a marriage, if, if someone's asking somebody about a, a prenup, when, when that person's agreeing to a prenup, they're not thinking about the marriage ending. Right. But then if it happens, then all of a sudden it becomes a big thing. And I feel like that's what happens with these no movement clauses. You know, I'm sure it's thought through, but the person sitting down at the table when they're looking across at a guy who is the cornerstone of their, uh, their franchise going forward – and, you know, you're envisioning Stanley Cups and you're envisioning all the great things that come with having that centerpiece. You're not thinking about the day where that team, that player has to approve a trade to another team. You just aren't. It's human nature. I don't care what business you're in. So that's, I think, what happens a lot of time. And then it comes down to it. Sports is a business. You have a player on the last year of his deal and all of a sudden you're faced with, do we trade him and get what we can? Do we lose him for nothing? And you're faced with that on top of a no movement clause. You have to move him for whatever you can get. So, you know, it, it's not a – I don't think it's an enviable spot for a GM to be in, particularly if a player has expressed a, a single spot or two places maybe that they want to go, and it's not like open just to – you know, have a bidding war going on. I, I feel like that it's not an, an enviable spot for a GM in this league to be in. It's not. And I don't think anyone want to, wants to give Chuck Fletcher credit right now <laughs> among the Flyers fan base, but this was a tough spot for Fletcher. And I thought he handled it well. He's very benevolent. He's a smart guy. Uh, he treats people well. You can't, you can't disagree with that. And this was a tough spot because you're dealing with a franchise icon and having to trade him. But then you're also dealing with doing it right, not no animosity in between because obviously Claude Drew did have the keys here and Fletcher wanted to respect that. Both sides, I think, wanted to do well by each other, but ultimately Claude Drew did have the keys and he and he deserves to, to drive this thing. He absolutely did. And Fletcher admitted, uh, first off, Frank Saravelli of Delhi Faceoff reported that multiple sources told him that Drew wanted Florida and that that was the final destination. Uh, he didn't want to go anywhere else. Chuck Fletcher came out on Sunday, the day after the deal, and respectfully did not want to disclose details about which teams, so on, all that fun stuff. But he did say uh, there was a limited market for Drew because of the circumstances. Uh, he was able to engage with some other teams, but he was only able to deal him to a select number of teams, essentially. Uh, and at the end of the day, it was probably just Florida. And Claude Drew also came out in his press conference on Monday and respectfully said the details will stay between him and Chuck Fletcher. So I just thought everything was handled well in terms of just professionally. Uh, they didn't burn any bridges. They didn't disrespect one another. It was handled amicably, and I thought that was smart and good business. And Chuck Fletcher, uh, and I think Claude Drew really deserved to get his shot where he wanted to. I mean, 15 years of service in Philadelphia, 
became one of the greatest players here in franchise history. He's been through thick and thin. Deserved to have his say here through a hellish season for the Flyers. Second straight down year for the Flyers uh, as Drew um, goes elsewhere. But, Joe, let's get into some of the other deals. Justin Braun to the Rangers. Derek Broussard to the Oilers. Draft picks in return for Braun. It was a third-round pick in 2023. For Broussard, a fourth-round pick in 2023. Your overall thoughts on the deal and what the Flyers did on deadline day. Well, if you looked, if you talked about this before the season, and and I mean nobody wanted to think that this is the way this season would have gone, but if you would have laid out the scenario and 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 to me gotten anything for those players, I, I would I would be have a positive feeling about that. I mean, a month ago Derek Broussard wasn't even playing, so yeah. he's gone from play, you know getting you a return in a trade in the matter of, you know, three weeks or a month. So I think that has to be viewed as a positive. He was on a one-year deal, so it's not like, um, you know, it's not it, – to me, that that's a bonus. It's all – it's almost house money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Justin Braun thing, you know, he's had – the Flyers have relied on him probably way more than they anticipated for the last two seasons, particularly this season. He's played a lot more. He's played up the lineup a lot more than he probably has since his days with San Jose. Um, so, you know, I, I I think he's done an admirable job for the Flyers for what he's been asked to do. And I'm interested to see him kind of with – I mean, the Rangers are pretty loaded on the blue line with Adam Fox and Jacob Truba and, you know, uh, Keandre Miller. Like, they have, they have a lot on their blue line. So – I'm interested to see him play back in his sort of like in his role um, with a team that, 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 you know, as much as flyer fans don't want to hear it, they're a contending team. They really are. There's moments this season where the Rangers have looked like one of the top three or four teams in the Eastern conference. Um, Their goaltender certainly is one of the top goaltenders in the Eastern conference. Um, And they're just, they're just loaded with talent. They, they, their rebuild, um, uh, definitely was put on fast forward, and I think they've been fortunate in the health department um, as well. So you know they really and and obviously they're getting um, they're getting a career season out of Chris Kreider. Uh, Artemi Panarin's doing what he does. Zibanejad's doing what he does. Um, and a, as I mentioned, I mean Adam Fox to me is one of the most dynamic players in this entire league reigning Norris Trophy winner. I don't think he'll win it again this year, but he's certainly in the conversation. And then Jacob Trubo was a free agent addition a couple of years ago for them. And it's real. The, these guys have really panned out. And, you know, again, it takes some luck as well. And they seem to have been lucky in the health department. And, you know, they're getting a career year from Chris Kreider, as I mentioned. And unfortunately, the Flyers have been on the receiving end of a lot of that Chris Kreider uh, career year type of play yeah. and last year it was advantage at having a career year against the flyers along with uh, pavel buchnevich who went to st louis on a contract largely earned because of his play against the flyers last season so you know everybody's getting getting paid because of the flyers flyers talk is brought to you by great railing stop in the great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing decking and fencing needs yeah, Kreider and Zibanejad have certainly tormented the Flyers. It's been kind of crazy, the numbers, if you look back over the last two years, what they've done to the Flyers. 
It's incredible. Yeah, a nice little um, car ride or train ride for Justin Braun to New York. I think that's got to be probably pretty appealing to him, that he doesn't have to go real far. He's staying in the uh, Northeast, and he's going to a contender. The Flyers, I think, play them twice more, so that would be uh, some fun matchups to see Justin Braun and Rangers blue. Justin Braun, I thought, was a really, really, really solid, steady, quietly good player here in Philadelphia for three years. I thought he was really good. I appreciated his brand of defense. I remember I talked to him one-on-one back when we were in locker rooms before his first season in 2019-20. Went up to him and just grabbed him one-on-one. He was one of the more low-key additions to that team. Obviously, there was a lot of buzz about Niskanen and Kevin Hayes, rightfully so. So I grabbed Braun one-on-one and just asked him about his game and felt like I really learned a lot about defense when I was talking to this guy because it hit me how many playoff games of experience he had and why he was in San Jose for so long. I feel like players, when you're when you're good players, you do the right things. You stay in one place for a while, and you and you play on wing teams. He did that, and I, I really learned about defense and what makes a really uh, effective defenseman. He was a, an effective defenseman. And Joe, it's kind of crazy how in year one he's playing about 17, 17, 16. He's playing seventeen minutes, a little over seventeen minutes per game. It's like seventeen point sixteen minutes per game. Final year with the Flyers, as he's gotten older into his into 35, he's playing 20 minutes a game. Just mm-hmm. shows you the instability the Flyers had on their back end and injuries, and it forced him to play up the lineup. And he was actually really good playing up the lineup. But really, the Flyers in a perfect world would have loved him on a second or really a third pair. Uh, but he climbed and he played well. Yeah, I think uh, before the season, we all had him in as a third pair D. Yeah. And um, – you know, you can bet that the Rangers looked at that a lot of playoff experience with the Sharks, um, stability. And, you know, he's one of those defensemen where he's not fast, but he's long. He he, he yeah. kind of, you know, he, he, he seems to be everywhere. He's got a great stick, um, you know, so he makes himself big when he plays in the defensive zone. And that's always something, particularly guys that play down the lineup, that you want. I mean, you're not looking for – you're not bringing Justin Braun in to score goals. You're not bringing Justin Braun in to force the play up the ice like some other of these dynamic younger defensemen do in this league now. They And, and the Rangers already have that with Fox and, and Truba, as I mentioned. So they're bringing – they're looking for guys that are stay-at-home, they stable, and as I mentioned, use – to play to play long and play big in their in their own zone, and I think Justin Braun provides that. Absolutely, and it's funny with Rangers fans, like, you're not going to be tuning into a Rangers game because, like, oh, I want to see the new guy, Justin Braun. That's not Justin mm-hmm. Braun's game. Like, you're not tuning in for excitement of I want to see this new guy, but he may have you tuning into a long playoff run because, like, those are the things he does. He makes a team better uh, quietly, and it can turn out to be really a really good finish for a team. And yeah, I thought maybe the ceiling, maybe the ceiling Joe was a second round pick for Braun. That may have been a reach. They got a third. I think that's pretty solid. And then for Derek Broussard, it was right where I thought they were going to get fourth, maybe fifth round pick. They got a fourth and boy, did he get healthy at the right time, Joe. He was out of the lineup as much as he was in it in Philadelphia. Really good player, a hockey player. He's played on 10 teams, played in 117 games, of playoff experience. Uh, and Jordan, this another guy that yeah. another guy that almost every year seems like he is traded at the deadline to yeah. a contending team. 
He, we saw yeah. it with Pittsburgh in his past. You know, he 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 played for the Rangers. I mean, it's uh, this is a guy who again has playoff experience, and these teams, uh, particularly teams that are going into the playoffs that are are young, uh, Edmonton being one of those teams. Yeah. You're looking for the guy that can come in there and just say, guys, I've been here before. I've been here with Pittsburgh at Rangers and blah, blah, you know, can kind of run off a resume reel of, of teams that they've had played in big games with and just, and, and educate. Um, I mean, because McDavid, Dreisaitl, these guys are as dynamic as it gets, but their playoff experience is limited. And what the playoff experience they have is not good. And it's also a team that needs to be stabilized this season because they started off red hot. Then they went completely downhill and kind of they're fighting for their lives now. So, you know, a a veteran leadership is always something that those type of teams need. Absolutely. And when they first got Broussard last summer, I saw the deal and I saw his resume and I'm like, and I thought to myself, if this season doesn't work out, he will be a really good trade chip. Uh, and that's how I, I'm sure that goes into the thinking of the front office. When you sign a Derek Broussard like that for a one-year deal, they were trying to be better this year. They really wanted to supplement the pieces in place and try to get back into contention. It did not work out uh, because of injuries and other things. But Derek Broussard, one-year deal, 125000 That's dirt cheap for a guy that's been around and has played in big playoff games has been to a cup final. He's been to three East. Uh, he's been to three conference finals. Uh, just a really good experienced player who can play wing or center. And gosh, he got, he really got healthy at the best time for a while. It was looking like he wouldn't be able to be moved because he tried to return three times from this hip injury and had to come back out of the line at the very next game. He ended up missing 31 games, ended up playing in 31. Uh, and he was able to play in the final 11 before the deadline and kind of show he was healthy and he was good too. So the Flyers were able to move him. Uh, it just it worked out perfectly there for Broussard because now he goes to Edmonton and has a nice little shot at, at a cup run or a playoff run. And it worked out for the Flyers because they were able to move this this trade chip because he got healthy. So that was good for the Flyers. Joe, what are you looking for over these final 20 games? Chuck Fletcher said he's looking for effort. He's looking for guys trying to win jobs. He wants to see some younger pieces. Uh, so a lot of evaluation will go into these final 20 games. But for you, what are you looking for? I want to see guys now Now that the Flyers have, have traded off some pieces, I want to see guys like York and Frost mm-hmm. embrace their a bigger role, em, embrace that role. Now, Frost has had a number of opportunities to do this, and I just don't feel like he's come through yet. I would really like to see him become a more active player and assertive player. I think we've seen that over the last – few games you're starting to see a little bit of some signs of, of of a guy who is gaining some confidence in his NHL game uh, I'd like to see that continue to even uh, bigger things we've always talked about how Frost will prop is more suited to play up the lineup he's not out there to be a checking line player or somebody that's you know playing down the lineup so I'd like to see him embrace that bigger role and of course Cam York I want to see I want to see Cam York be the quarterback of the power play. I, I really think it's time we need to see him be the quarterback of that top power play. I love the way the puck moves when he's on that top power play. Of course, it's taking some adjustment. That power play without Giroux on it is totally different. But 
I want to see both of those players really embrace a bigger role with this team now that um, kind of the future is a little more paved for them with some of the veterans that they've they've moved on the trade deadline here. So, uh, you know, definitely have my eyes on both of those guys. I agree. This is a nice 20-game sample size to really see what you have in those two kids. Uh, we've obviously seen a good bit of Frost, and we've seen a little bit of Cam York too. But uh, 20 games here where just you put them in good spots, positions to to uh, really kind of show themselves, uh, that will be good to see. I'm really eager to see Owen Tippett. I haven't – I don't know much about Owen Tippett other than what I've read, and I know his, his, his resume. Uh, but I'm really eager just to see him in these final 20 games – um, to see kind of what he can do. Uh, so that will be good. So a, a lot of young pieces, a lot to watch still over these 20 games for the Flyers before a really huge, busy offseason. Joe, to wrap us up here, this is kind of off the cuff, but I thought it was fitting to finish this podcast. Uh, Claude Giroux memories. Uh, I think we all love to reminisce kind of what, reminisce about what Claude Giroux did here in 15 years. I think we all have probably a memory or multiple memories for that matter. If you can think off the top of your head, what was your favorite Claude Drew moment, whether it's personal or just anything? Um, you know, I I, I was uh, I, I really liked the the game winner he scored at the link. Uh, yeah. Of course, that was the iconic silhouette on the T-shirt last week yep. um, for his thousandth game, and I felt like that that there was something um, so picturesque about that night. Uh, it was raining. It wasn't nice. Um, it was, it was so dark. And when you look at that video of him scoring that goal, the darkness that surrounds it, there was something very picturesque about what went on there. The flyers were in the dark jerseys and it really, uh, I mean, it was Wayne Simmons last game as a flyer and pretty much everyone knew it. So, you know, it was, um, I really, really liked that memory. Um, it, it, that, that game and that night, and that ending, it was everything in Philadelphia. Um, from the weather, the atmosphere, it was, of course, at the link, this being such a huge football, Eagles town. Um, so that one stands out to me. And I'm going to say his uh, in the Stanley Cup finals in 2010, for sure. So those those are the ones that, that really stand out to me. Um, and just a personal memory, I remember um, a few years back going in and on uh, showing him at um, – I had, we had to shoot him uh, giving um, a, a young hockey player, a Mike's on Ice kid, a uh, tips on a celebration for a goal. So I had to show him the goal on my phone and then give him the tips. And he was very gracious about it and and ha- had a, a fun time with it. Um, so I really enjoyed that experience as well, um, you know, with him a few years ago, as you mentioned earlier in the pod, when we were allowed in the locker rooms pre-COVID. Um, so that was that was another uh, just a personal memory of mine uh, in terms of doing the job that we all do. That's good stuff. Yeah, man, it's hard to go wrong with any of those uh, memories. Those are really good ones. I sure had a lot of them. For me, I'll remember one personal one. It was in my first couple of years covering the team where I'm starting to get around them more, get to know them a little bit more. It was 2016-17. I was up in Brooklyn covering Flyers Islanders. Uh, beginning towards the beginning of that 2016-17 season, I think it was in November, and uh, he got knocked out of the game in like the third period. Took like a stick to the face, was pretty banged up, so he's 
you know, he leaves the game and you can see him sitting over there in concussion protocol. He's getting checked and stuff. And, uh, and then as he's sitting there in concussion protocol, uh, eager to get back into the game, he comes back and he ends up winning the game in a shootout on just a filthy move. Uh, and then afterwards we talked to him after the game and he was all smiles, was kind of banged up, red nose, everything. But it kind of just told me how much of a hockey player he was, how competitive he was. Uh, that was a fun personal one for me. So a lot of great Claude Drew memories. Yeah, I have one more to add. I know we have to wrap here, but um, the year before Connor McDavid, leading into the Connor McDavid draft, uh, the Flyers were on the road. It escaped me where they were playing right now. He got the back of his leg cut with the skate. Mm-hmm. And we all thought he had his Achilles cut. And we were like, this is it. They're, they might as well just tank for Connor McDavid. He didn't miss one game. <laughs> And, you know, if not for COVID, we might have been talking about his consecutive game streak this year. I mean, that, of course, got disrupted last season. So, as you mentioned, just to add to your your point about him being a hockey player, I I was in disbelief when that happened to him and he didn't even miss a game. They played a back-to-back the next night he was in the lineup. Yeah, one of the fiercest competitors you know uh, with a true hatred of losing. Uh, Was a treat to cover him, and we enjoyed him here in Philadelphia, and we wish him the best in Florida uh, as he looks for the Stanley Cup. Joe, great seeing you, great chatting with you. Uh, We will have plenty more to go here with 20 games left, but catch uh, pre- and post-game live produced by our very own Joe Fordyce the rest of the way here. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. Huge thank you to him. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.